0: Welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. All right, this morning I want us to be able to address. Um, three different things so we'll take it one after the other. I'll take the first few minutes and share from what I've been talking about. Colossians 4 verse 17. After that, we'll find some time to pray and then we'll address convention concerns Colossians 4 verse 17 Let's read it together. We want to go? And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfil it. This statement was made to a particular individual, but it is applicable to every other believer in Christ. That there is a ministry you have received in the Lord. I'll start by saying that salvation brought you into a union with Christ so that you can carry out your function in Christ. When you got born again, you came into a union, praise the Lord. You were joined with Christ. And the purpose of that joining is so that you carry out a role, a function. That function has to be known and fulfilled. And so the scripture said to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry you have received in the Lord. That means he knows the ministry. Paul was not saying, telling him what the ministry was. Paul was talking to him like he already knew. Now the concern was let him fulfill it. Let him carry it out. Let him execute it. We all know about how man needs God. I I pray that men will also know how God needs them. Amen. How God needs you and God needs me. Every project on earth that concerns man requires man. Amen. It requires man. So God needs you. Help me tell someone, God needs you. you. So, when we talk about ministry, we're talking about making yourself available to fulfill the need that God has. Even if you are able, if you are not available, your ability doesn't mean anything. We're singing a song, I have decided to follow. Where are you following him to? The followership means that you are allowing him to bring you to the place where he had ordained for you. To fulfill the function he has for you. You know, I love that scripture that says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. It is in ministry that you are made it is in service to god that you are made are you listening to me the making of the believer is in the place of service not just hearing god's word and shouting glory that's where you develop if you have a christian that you know that has been born again for more than 10 years 11 years 12 maybe 20 years and he has not grown. Check. Check. Now, am I saying everybody that served will grow? No. But nobody can grow without serving. Did you hear me? Nobody can grow without serving. Everybody that served might not have grown, but nobody can grow without serving. Because in serving God, you will have to put to work. What he's teaching you. You go beyond head knowledge. Let me read a few scriptures. Let's look at First Corinthians 12, verse 18, NLT, New Living Translation. First Corinthians 12, 18. In that scripture, 18, please. 18. Let's read together. I want to go. But now had God set. Let's read again. But now had God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it had pleased him. God had set. Everybody say set. He has positioned the members as it had pleased him. And I use this illustration. I said, if your nose. Decides that it wants to be under your foot. It doesn't like the position. It doesn't like where it is. Your nose is positioned in a place where it is seen. Anybody relating with you will have to see it. Is that not so? You know, say I don't like. I don't like seeing me. I don't like. You know, imagine you know say I don't like seeing me. I don't like. I want to be. In short, I want to be behind. I want to be under the foot. It was not designed to be under the foot. What was designed to be under your feet is the sole of your feet. And the sole of your feet is thick. Are you understanding me? So you can walk on the floor with it without having any pain. Is that not so? Imagine if your nose, try to walk with your nose. Put your nose down and put your weight of your body on your nose. Are you getting what I'm saying? The nose was not, listen, the nose is not just made to smell, it was also positioned on your face. Glory to God. That's how, when you got born again, you were positioned. Glory to God. There's a way God positioned you. So, trying to be under the foot, when you are supposed to be on the face, won't work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are a lot of God's children that have taken another position apart from the position God gave them. The place. How God sets them in the body. Ephesians 4 verse 1. NLT also. In Ephesians 4.1, the New Living Translation, it says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Did you see that? Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. He's not talking to pastors. He's talking to the Christian. You have been called by God. Say, I've been, been called by God. We're all called. Whom He did for no, He called. Hallelujah. We're all called. And then the day you got born again is the day you responded to the call. I know that we use the language more for someone to say, God called me to be an apostle, and then I answer the call. I understand that. But the truth is that the calling of God, the word pronounced, the word in English calling is, in the Greek is klesis, which means a summoning, amen. That God summoned your spirit. As See, before you came into this world, there's a summoning your spirit. Now, through the preaching of the gospel, that's summoning of god is echoed again to you amen are you understanding me when you're preaching the gospel do you know what you're doing you are inviting the gospel is an invitation for someone to answer the call upon his life so when he says i receive jesus as lord and savior he's answering to the call he's answering to why he was created that's the day he comes into his destiny in god it doesn't matter how religious you are, how successful you are. If you are not born again, you, are not, you cannot fulfill God's will for your life outside of Christ. You can't. You might do a good thing. You might do a great thing. It's not a God thing. Amen. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, For good works, which he had ordained beforehand, that we walk in them. That means there's something, there's a part that God ordained for you. So, answering the call is responding to God's purpose for your life. I know we use the language a lot about knowing God's will for your life. Some people, you know, when they hear, know the will of God, the only thing to think about is marriage. Marriage is just a part of it. Amen. It's just a part of it. Yes, I agree it's an important part, but it's just a part of it. So he said, we want to teach on knowing God's will for your life. They expect that he's married. No, 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 no. If someone doesn't even know what God brought him to this world, why should he even be married? Amen. Why? Before God gave Adam a wife, he had a calling. Amen. <laughs> he had a purpose. He already knew. That he was to dress the garden and keep it. He had a job. An assignment. And then someone was given. And then she is supposed to assist for both of them to fulfill God's will. Hallelujah. The idea of help meet. Help meet is not a narcissist idea amen i know there are a lot of feminists today help meet is a god idea amen you know some people want to change everything <laughs> amen if they have their way they won't want to change god they want to change him can't, can't we have a god now that is living in port Harcourt? I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I change not. So, let me leave out the help bit. So, the point I'm making here is that there is a calling and the day you got born again, you answered to the call. But salvation is just the doorway. If you're coming into a house, you're coming through a door. Is that not so? Except you teeth, thief but if you know you come in through the door. And now, when you come into the door, it's not at the door you eat, it's not at the door you sit. There are rooms inside. Is that not so? So salvation is just the doorway. You've just come in through the door. So what next? Find out what God called you for. Amen. Why is He saving you? Saving you to do what? I love saying it this way. I was saved to serve. Amen. I was saved to serve. Now that I'm saved, am I serving? And now I read earlier to you that God has set you in the body. As it had pleased him. I read NLT, so let me read KJV. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, King James Version. Is it NLT I read before? Yes, so let's read King James now. KJV says, But now had God set the members, every one of them in the body, as what? as it had pleased him. God does not need permission from you to tell you how he will set you. Amen. As it had pleased him. I I try to make believers understand that. There's a place for human will and there's a place for sovereign will of God, the sovereignty of God. There are many things God didn't consult you about. You have to accept it. That's why he's God. Amen. Amen. That is the display of his godness. Amen. That he didn't ask you, do you want to be female? He just made you female. Is there anybody that signed up and told God, please, if you are sending me to this world, make me a female? No. You didn't even know. You were made a female. You were made male. You didn't choose the color of your skin. Some of you, what you are doing with your skin, I tell you, we want to, you would have chosen the color of your skin. But you didn't choose it. You didn't choose what family you will come through into this world. He just looked and said, Now, here. And he just gave birth to you. Straight. If you were told to choose, you would have chosen somewhere else, maybe. But they need you in Ishio. In God's program for you, that's where, that is the place you are needed. You have to come from there. For God to show his mightiness, you have to come from Ishikbo. God chose Bethlehem for Jesus to be born. Why Bethlehem? Why not Egypt? The great Egypt! they were great nations of that time. I don't think Israel in the terms of the committee of nations at, at, at that time where Israel was one of the greatest. No, 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 no. But God chose as it would be. And he chose the people. He chose Israel as his people. He didn't choose he didn't choose any any other country. He didn't choose Nigeria. Amen. He chose Israel and decided that anybody that's going to connect with me will connect through the revelation I will give to these people, hallelujah. That is why he's God. So I why I got this that he said the members in the body as it had pleased him. Amen. Did you see that? As it had pleased him. So God didn't consult with you about all those things. Now that you are born, you will find out why you were created. He told Jeremiah, he said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee and I ordained thee. For Jeremiah, he said, a prophet to the nations. What about you? Before he formed you in the womb, he knew you too. Hallelujah. Say, he knew me. me. He knew me. And then the ordination is the appointment God gave. He appointed you. This is what this one is going to do. This is what this one is going to do. This is what this one is going to do. Before you came. Now that you are here, he is giving you time to grow into his purpose. Amen. You are supposed to what? Grow into his purpose. Do you know that Jesus, let me give you an example. Let me use the life of Jesus to just drop this example. Jesus, it was prophesied long before Jesus came that he was coming to save the world from sin. Is that not so? But now Jesus was born into the house of Joseph and Mary. In that house, what did they give him to do? He was a carpenter. Amen. Is carpentry, his destiny. No. Amen. But while he was being prepared to become the savior of the world, he did carpentry. Am I communicating? What did Jesus say, man? This carpentry, we're making money. This carpentry, man, we're making money. Are you understanding me? In short, I'm not dying again. Uh, But Lord, I I promise you, I promise you, I will make the cross that the person will use and die, since I'm a carpenter. (laughs) (laughs) that's how some of you are living amen don't worry lord don't worry I will make the cross he didn't call him to make cross he called him to die but do you know for the early years of Jesus up until he was about 30 he was a carpenter hallelujah that was not his ministry that was not his calling but that's where he, he was submissive to the parents or the guardians that were over him. Now, in the day that Jesus lived in, he didn't have a church as we have today because the church was born after Jesus rose again. Amen? So, but there was spiritual authority, his parents, and then there was a temple and they were priests and he was submissive to them. Glory to God. He would go there. If they allow him to read, he will read. If they don't allow him to read, he will sit down. He didn't say, <laughs> This thing you are reading is me that told the people. This thing you are sharing is me that shared it with you. He didn't say that. He will sit there and they will be talking. They will read the law and they read the Psalms. The person they are reading about is seated in their midst. Let me just digress a bit. What I'm trying to establish here is that for Jesus. To fulfill his ministry or his calling. He was submissive to the ones that God already said before he came. Amen. He didn't come and just do his thing. And then when it was time, he went to John the Baptist. Are we together? He went to John the Baptist. You know, some people think that God has no value for human institutions. He does. Because God's plans are fulfilled through those institutions. Amen? Amen. So God has value for it. That's why Jesus went to John the Baptist. And went to be baptized. And even John was like, no, no, no. I'm the one that's supposed to be. He no suffer it to be so for now to fulfill all righteousness this is supposed to be done meaning that if i don't do it righteousness will not be fulfilled and then he was dipped in and brought out that was where he entered into the fullness of god's plan for his life are you listening to me I started out this series and I started talking about what is ministry and also talking about what ministry is not. And there are a few things I've said. I'll just add some more. I've talked about it in the first service. We started by saying, what's the first one we talked about? Ministry is not about doing what is in your heart. It's about doing what the spirit of God puts in your heart. How many of you got that one? All right. And I think I've talked about that extensively, so I don't need to Focus on that. Then the second one we talked about. Ministry is not about finding a need and feeling it. That's entrepreneurship. It is about finding and feeling your role in the redemptive plan of God. You can look around your street and see that, Oh, nobody on this street sells Akara. And then you start making it, and that's business. Is entrepreneurship? That's not ministry. Ministry is not finding a need and feeling it. No. You can find a need, and God doesn't want you to be the one to feel it. Well, imagine that somebody found a need that man needs a savior and decided to die. <laughs> hey, no, no, I'm, I'm saying imagine that a man looked around and saw that the Bible says somebody needs, I, I will die. I will die for the old world. And he goes to be crucified. Will our sins be forgiven? His own sin. He has even committed his sin. Amen. (laughs) The same thing Jesus did. If he had done it, it would have been a sin. Why? Because he's not the one appointed to do it. So ministry is not about finding a need and feeling it. It's about finding your role. And feeling your finding and feeling your role in the redemptive plan of God. That means there's a role for you. Say, There's a role for me. A role for me. Say again, there's a, role me. there's a role for me. Now, how do we find it? Let me explain something to you. I, I don't know if I've ever come here, but let me just say, How do we find it? In following God, everything doesn't happen to you at once. I quoted the scripture in the first service. Maybe I should read it to you in this second service. It will help you a great deal. Because we have a lot of people that are trying to find it in the wrong way. All you are doing is praying. Amen? All you are doing is praying. That's not how to find it. So let me show you a scripture. Matthew 4 verse 19. Matthew four nineteen. I want to show you something. It's a principle. Let's read it together. I want to go. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How did all the apostles find their calling? By following Jesus. Amen. By following Jesus. So, if he's praying, they pray with him. If he's going to another city to preach the gospel, they go with him. Amen. Are we together? By following him, they discovered what they were supposed to do. Do you know there was a time he had a, um, a, 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 a crusade and then he was feeding 5,000 people and all of them were sharing bread. In short, everybody function like an usher. Amen. But it's ushering their calling. But they ushered. They ushered. Judas was counting money he was the accountant let's assume that he didn't um um drop out of the system you understand that you know there are dropouts in the spirit as just as there are dropouts in the, in the, in academics i understand. so if he didn't drop out of the system he would have been an apostle too is that not so would he still have been counting money no that counting money was what he was doing because he was following jesus amen am i communicating yeah Somebody say, I'm just, I'm praying. I want to know what the Lord wants me to do. You Anything you hear like that will likely not be correct. Let me explain you why, why it's so. Go and study your Bible. There is nobody God called into what they're supposed to do that was idle. They were already doing something. Glory to God. They were already doing something. Uh, mention anybody. Anybody. Elisha. He was. Taking care of his father's oxen. Is that not so? But he was a prophet. A mighty prophet. Then Elijah passed by and tapped him. He followed Elijah. Found his calling. Amen. He was not idle. David was made king. He was taking care of his father's flock. Praise God. That means that he was submissive to the authority that God already placed in his life. Amen. So Jesus said follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And all of them that followed him turned out to be what? Fishers of men. Hallelujah. Fishers of men. Jesus met the brothers James and John. They were with their father fishing. There's nobody say, "What are you doing?" Say, "Nothing, sir." None. One tax collector fishing doing different things. He met them and they followed him. So you meet someone and say, I'm waiting to know God's call for my life, so I'm not doing anything. You you are in error. Glory to God. I said this, I I think I should emphasize it again. Listen, there is no exemption from service for the believer. Amen? Amen? Just as you have National Youth Service Corps someone can go and get a letter of exemption. There's no exemption for the believer in Christ from service to God. The moment you get born again, you serve God. You look for an opportunity to serve. And as you follow Jesus from where you are, he will lead you into his real purpose for your life. I've told people before, I said, listen, I know Okay, I grew up, around, I grew up in church, you know, but at least from the time I became conscious, Let's even say, you know, um, campus ministry and all that and all that. I had already led a fellowship group, hello, before I got to campus. Hallelujah. Before I started classes. But when I got to school, I joined a fellowship. Hallelujah. I know the first job they gave me to be carrying equipments and bringing them back. Former General Vassia. <laughs> Amen. To be carrying equipments and bringing them back. I, I did it one time. I, I even enjoyed myself one time. And so, when we ha- want to have service, we'll pack all the equipments and bring them um, the chairs. We had to get chairs from a far place. Not with transportation. We'll carry it. Benches. We didn't have then we didn't have plastic chairs. In those years we didn't have this. These plastic chairs came after after, you know, we didn't have this kind of plastic chairs. So we used benches. Real wood. And we used to get it from Deeper Life Bible Church. You know everything about Deeper Life, they're very serious. So even their bench is serious. So I love them. So we'll go and carry the benches. One person can carry it. So it has to be two. The benches, maybe six to eight persons or thereabouts can sit on one. So somebody will be at this end and the other person will be at the other end. Or carry it, drop, go and bring another one, drop. You see, I didn't grow much after that. <laughs> Amen. one of those days were carrying it and I was trying to cross a gutter I fell (laughs) because it was heavy now the point I'm making is that that was the responsibility that that I was given I could teach God's word I could preach God's word but that was the responsibility I was given and then they now added they said okay um, don't just bring the benches bring the equipment too they call that office some like organizing secretary or something. If we see those pictures at that time, that I won't be in the picture because we're arranging something. The time I'm in the picture maybe there's something wire in my hand or something like that. We, that's where we started. But in doing that, one day the leaders of the group most of them were in medicine. We were in engineering. And for whatever reason they had shifted or canceled fellowship for that day because they had a test. But we engineering didn't have a test. So the information didn't get to us. Oh, there will be no fellowship today, you know. There won't be fellowship today. We carried benches normally, arranged the place, waited. It's supposed to be maybe 5 o'clock. Nobody came. All of us were sitting down there waiting for the leaders to come. All the people in the school were like in medicine. So they didn't come. So someone said, let us pray. I said, okay, let's pray. Okay, let's pray and go. Just share something with us. So I shared. That's the first time I was sharing anything in that meeting. And we left. And then someone met one of leaders and said, we had fellowship today. He said, no, there was no fellowship. He said, no, there was fellowship. No, there was no fellowship. There was fellowship. Brother, to be preached. Eh, does he preach? <laughs> does he preach? He carries benches. <laughs> and then there were testimonies. Are you understanding me? Oh, this one said that, and this one said that, and this one said that, and this one said that. So, for the leader, that was the first time he said, that means you can conduct the service. Amen. And I said, okay, conduct the service. Praise God. What I'm trying to say is that it is in serving, praise God, we grew into the fullness. Whatever I'm doing today, I can't overlook all those experiences they formed me that group i'm talking about is not is a non-denominational group made up of all the freshers then now i was in a denominational fellowship also and that one they made me the evangelism leader Praise God. I, I I was not sharing anything in the service. I preached outside more than I preached in any hall. Are you on something? Yeah. But the point I'm making is this we started growing. I didn't choose my responsibility. I was given the responsibility. Are you with me? I was given the responsibility. hallelujah. We've been to places where someone say, I oh, want to cast out devils. Can you cast out devils? I say, yes. Sir, where do you know how to cast a devils? I say, in yeah, my father's house, I used to cast out devils. <laughs> when I was small. Right? So, you know, so, you know, so, uh, um, I, I know how to cast out devils, you know. I say, hey, okay, cast out this one. <laughs> <laughs> glory to God <laughs> are you listening to me yes, sir. now I always knew that God was calling me to ministry I've known it forever but I was given different responsibilities so any one that is dodging responsibility cannot fulfill the assignment of God for their life. I have a little challenge with people that just look around and look for the shortest Bible school. Uh They are doing one month Bible school. They are doing one week Bible school. They are doing a faith to faith Bible academy for three days. You understand that? You attend three days. You say you're not a man of God. That's not what makes you a man of God. That's not what makes you a man of God. Character takes time. Nobody can impart character to you. It has to develop. Did you hear me? So, service helps you develop character. Because I've, I've worked with different kind of people. I've worked with difficult people. And when I'm not their leader, we're just working together. So is, are you understanding me? I've worked with all kind of people, good, bad, and ugly. It developed me. Praise the Lord. It developed me. I worked with people that were very wonderful, and I worked with people that will argue with you from beginning to end, and will not even touch the work, but they're just arguing. He said, let's carry this chair. Why? Why are we carrying the chair? Why? Why are we carrying the chair? So, no, um, um, the leader, the coordinator said we should move it to this place. He said, The coordinator is always saying we should move this into this place. Have you ever asked him why? Please can you help me move it? I will not do something that I don't understand. (laughs) We'll move the thing with another person. Keep it there. Later it will work out well. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We met different kinds of people. We met people that, when we were going for evangelism, they would dodge. We would go, they would dodge. But every time they dodged and we went, we learned. Amen. Are you listening to me? We learned. We had a Bible academy with the children last month i believe the first one we had and then we were no no when we had a camp the children's camp sorry and then i was like we needed to get some of the children filled with the holy spirit and i wanted the children to participate in getting the fellow their pairs filled with the holy ghost so i said which of the children would like to come and help then some came out to help and that's how you learn amen are you understanding me? Yeah. So, some of the children had the first experience of laying hands on someone and the person got filled with the Holy Ghost. There are adults seated here that have concordance, have never laid hands on anybody to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Eight-year-olds, 9 year old okay, nine, ten-year-olds were laying hands and got people filled with the Holy Ghost. Then ten years from now, you, want, you cannot be their mate now. Are you understanding me? You can't be their mate in this kind of thing. No. Because they started 10 years ago. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. So they've learned something. If they laid hands and the thing didn't work, they will know, they will learn. Let me just share this testimony. In praying for the sick, we, we, it's not about reading books. I'm not against it. I read books and I still read books till today nothing is greater than the experience. Amen? Did you hear me? Nothing is greater than the experience. It's just like prayer. You are reading about prayer. No, you can read about prayer. If you don't pray, you will not know how to pray. So we used to lay hands on the sick. I read all the books of the T.L. bones. I read all the books, healing books. A.B. Simpsons. I've read all the books. Then it's time to put it to work. We had heard the Kenne Hagin books on healing. Then I set out that every Sunday after church, I will go to a hospital. Praise the Lord. And pray for someone that is in a hospital. I will lead souls to Christ and pray for the sick. That's service. Other people, after service, they want to rest. They want to go and eat. They want to go and enjoy themselves. After service, you're sitting in of something else. I did it for a while. I didn't, have, I didn't have an assistant, I didn't have anybody following me. So I'll go to this hospital, private hospitals, most of them, and I'll say, um, I came to preach and to pray for people that are sick. That's okay. These people here, they are sick. Go in. I'll go in, greet the person, make sure I'm well dressed, greet them, and then explain what I came for, share the gospel, pray. They can't go anywhere. So they, <laughs> even if you say don't want to, I can stand for and still be preaching to you. I I Are mean, you So they can't go anywhere. Then the hospital, you know. So I, I preach to them, then I lay hands on them. The first time I did that, I still remember the hospital. I got in there, laid hands prayed let souls to Christ laid hands on people uh, greeted the nurse I'm going then I left I, I I'm only free to do that on Sunday so I came the next Sunday happily again I met the and I met the same nurse I said I'm the one that came like she said ah I said I said how are the there people say that one we pray for I die, you." Oh. <laughs> the man died For my young faith at that time, it was devastating. She, she, said, "What did she was like? What did I come for?" You? I said, "I want to pray for." He said, "You still want to pray?" That's that's how she put it. "Say you still want, you want? That's like you want. I like you want to kill again. <laughs> you know, you still want to pray for them." I said, "Yes." He said, "Okay, now go in." Now, because what, what, what she told me when I got in, I was thinking. What, what didn't I do right? What didn't I do right? How come? Now, she didn't, because of what she said, I didn't even ask how many were healed. Because she just said, that one you pray for, he died. Impiging English it means the one you laid hands on died. He passed. So she didn't say, oh, because I didn't lay hands on one person, maybe eight, ten people or so. What about the others? She didn't talk about that. So I went in the next time. And now I became a little more um, detailed. You understand that? So, I got to the first person. I shared the gospel. And I, as I prayed with him. I didn't know what his situation was. So, I asked what he told me. I laid hands on him. Then I said, you will live here. Amen. You will, you will be discharged. I didn't say that before. I went to the next one. I did the same. I said, "And you'll be discharged. You will walk out of this place." And then I laid hands, and I lay hands, and I lay hands, and then, and then I left. You know, the lady was not even conscious. It was when I was coming. Oh, okay, bye, 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 When I came the next time, her attitude has changed. I say, eh, "What about?" This? I say, "Ah, they discharged them. All. That one, that, you don't. Know, you, you this one, you know." This one. So this time I came. Where where are the sick people? (laughs) Where are the sick people? (laughs) Amen. Are you understanding me? You know, it, it had helped my confidence at that time. But I needed that because there was no other way for me to see that the things I'd read can work. Amen. Are you listening to me? I'm, this is not, imp- I'm not talking about before I started doing healing service. So I've been praying for the sick, maybe six, seven years before I started doing healing service. My first healing service was six, seven years after. I've seen the sick healed on the streets. One on one. Yes! By the time we say healing service, we need have to lay hands. Just by word of knowledge. Someone here, this, someone here. Are you understanding me? Because at that time, you've learned more. Am I communicating? So, I'm just sharing this because I'm explaining growth. Amen. Service. When I was doing this, we didn't have phones, mobile phones in Nigeria. So, I don't have the numbers of the people. Some people, I don't take their addresses. I believe I'll meet most of them in heaven. Amen. Amen. So the question is, how can you save? You are in a church. God puts you there. There's a role you should fulfill. What role? Let me ask, what role are you fulfilling now in church? What role are you fulfilling? What is your function? Bow your heads and pray. If you're here, you don't have a specific function, let the Lord put in your heart what you should do. Some of you can walk up to your pastor, walk up and say, look, I want to have a function in church. I want to serve. I don't just want to be a nominal member. I want to serve. And you'll be told what to do. You'll find that it's a path, a new path will open for you. There are some things you are praying about and fasting about. I'm telling you, in service, it will drop on your lap. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God. I pray for everyone here today. That where we have been set in the body will function in that place. Every struggle and every distraction that has hindered you from serving. By the help of the Spirit, you rise above it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen. Amen. See another amen. amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of around the world by the power of the whole.